All right, guys, Aaron, Audra Performance here, bringing you another episode of Coach's Q&A today. Today is number eight, and I'm having Natalie Jurich on. So Natalie is an online women's coach and specializes in sort of a powerlifting approach to that as well. Nat, give us a bit about yourself. Hello, hello. Uh, yeah, so like you said, I work in the online space primarily, um, just sort of transitioning out of the gym at the moment, thanks to lockdown. Um sort of had to shift my business online so yeah I work with women who uh, essentially want to be both leaner and stronger um, you know they have goals of potentially doing a photo shoot um, or getting into um, competitive powerlifting um, and they sort of value their training and nutrition um, and their results in like their top three if not five priorities so it's like up there in terms of their values hierarchy um, yeah, so I guess working in the online space, um, just sort of able to connect with, I guess, a broader range of women. Um, got plenty of clients interstate, a couple um, international as well, which is really cool. So um, just building a community of women, I guess, who are sort of working towards really similar outcomes, um, really results-driven, uh, and, yeah, get really fulfilled and empowered by what they're achieving, which is really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Both like a combination of obviously them sort of being pushed to achieve their results together and having that sort of community backing, but also empowering themselves, as you were saying, to see like what they can achieve and how how strong they can be physically and sort of mentally there. I think it's quite a an interesting space of demographic you're working with in there that I probably wouldn't have a huge experience working with, but I'm sure that you see people that are very sort of fresh off the gate, have never really touched into the fitness realm much, as well as people that have been around for years and years and years that have probably seen like a lot of things under the sun and the like, what are some of the different challenges you find between newer trainees as well as experienced ones, whether that be in a, in a good vein of experience or having had maybe negative experiences before? Yeah, I guess like when it comes to like experience levels, like we've kind of found that majority of people have similar, um, similar problems, I guess, and like similar obstacles that they come up against. It's, they just maybe interpret them a little bit differently based on where they are with their like time span at the moment. Um, so I guess like the first one just has to be, they're just really confused and like directionless in terms of what they have to do when it comes to training, when it comes to nutrition, like, I think everyone knows that there's a bucket load of shit out there that like you're going to come across on social media, especially in this day and age, like on Instagram or whatever, that it's just really, really hard to interpret you know, what's right for who and when and what you're working towards. So whether you're at the start or you've maybe gone through doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, I think everyone sort of just gets to that point where they're just like, fuck, like what I'm doing right now isn't really working. You know, like what is the actual direction that I need to be taking to get me like moving towards the goalposts? Mm -hmm. um, so I guess like following on from that, it's like the second thing that we really see is just like, I guess like not lacking, but missing that accountability. Um, both internally and externally. So we something that we talk about a lot at STC Fit is having really value-based goals um, and like internal motivation, I guess. Uh, we don't really like the word motivation, but um, sort of knowing what you're working towards from an internal standpoint that just allows you to hold yourself accountable to the things that, you know, you said you were going to do. Um, and then I guess like there's a lot of value that comes from having an objective eye and an external eye who's 
not necessarily like emotionally invested in your results is what you are. So like, you know, making decisions for yourself, obviously you're going to have an emotional attachment to what's mm. happening, whether it be like the scale is going up or you missed a lift or like, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's one of the biggest problems is not being able to like, step back from that and be able to have like an objective um, decision-making process that allows you to just, you know, make decisions through a different lens. Mm. And then I guess like the last thing is probably just a real, just like being done with the generic approaches. So I think a lot of people when they start their fitness journey or, you know, what they want to lose five kilos or they want to start to get stronger. It's like you go for the path of least, the path of least resistance, which is like, you know, I'm going to do the PDF program that I found, or I'm going to sign up to an eight week challenge, or I'm going to do something that's just really easily accessible and it's not going to really push me outside of my comfort zone all too much, um, which I mean, to some degree, like if you're new and you're getting the newbie gains and, you know, whatever, it's the honeymoon period. Yeah, sure. You might see a little bit of a return for the first three months, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter if you're unlucky. Um, but outside of that, it's like, you know, we sort of need to start to think about how we're going to do things a little bit more specifically and, you know, start to get a little bit more intentional and purposeful with like the approach that we're taking. I love that. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. But the, the main sort of sum up points I get from that are consistency without an emotional attachment there. Having a, a coach being able to oversee yourself or even just maybe not be a coach, but say a, a training partner or someone like that, that can give you a bit of a bit of reflection on the grand scheme of things where you, you miss a meal, you overeat and binge one day, or you miss a lift or something like that. Like, if you've had eight straight consistent weeks of good work, like, you don't throw it all away mentally for, for one session or for one day like that. And it's just being able to zoom out and like not be so focused on the minute details of that one day that that, that one day doesn't diminish all of the momentum you had. It's kind of mentally resetting there, getting back on track and going, all right, rather than a, Oh, woe is me. Like I've, I've ruined my life now looking forward and go, all right, like I'm here. I'm honest with myself. Like I am emotionless, almost stoic in that regard. What can I do to take the next step? What can I do to improve now? I think yeah, that sounds like it's a big core message there. Yeah, like it sounds a little bit stereotypical, I guess, but like, you know, females are emotional and we're going to have an emotional attachment to most things. Or I think every, honestly, everyone. Yeah, humans in general, to be honest. Um, we tend to attract like a typical type A, like almost perfectionist woman. So when you say things like, you know, it's, the bigger picture and it's like you know that one missed meal or that one day they didn't go to plan or whatever like that can really start to influence behavior and decisions mm. um with that person so i guess like we want to try to find an approach and a system that allows you to yeah be able to zoom out and look at things not only from a broader perspective but in a systemized approach as well so across like all of the pillars that we work with like thinking about like you know mindset training programming nutrition and lifestyle it's like everything has a system so that when things don't go to plan, we're not just making decisions based off how we feel. It's like, if we mm. base things off our feelings and our emotions, we're not going to act in alignment with like what that end goal is. So 100%. it's like, and actually look at the data, follow the system, have something there to be able to guide you to make the best decision. That's like going to put you in a position to reach that goal rather than, of how you're feeling in that moment. Mm. Emotions are incredibly volatile. And if you are basically just following your emotional state, you're going to be all over the place within a singular day. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like looking sort of obviously towards your goal, like 
the way I try and frame that is you're, you're preparing yourself today to be better tomorrow. So it's almost a, it's a rewarding yourself later down the line rather than immediate gratification. Like I'm not maybe going to have this extra cake today. I'm going to save extra calories for tomorrow or for later in the week if I've got a big session or something like that. And it's, yeah, trying to put future you in the best position you can to succeed rather than current me just enjoying the moment. And I feel like that's a, that's a big switch there. And like touching back on how you were saying a lot of the sort of type A people you work with in regards to like being perfectionists and the like, do you find you have any sort of troubles or challenges with people being a very having a very rigid approach? Like say you work on their, their eating plan or their training plan and then they see that this one type of thing works quite well and then in their mind, that is, that is it. That is the one thing. And then it's obviously working to reframe that, to have a bit of a filter, to have a perspective of, okay, this worked because of X, Y, Z rather than that is the thing that works for me and I'm going to stick with that until the day I die. Yeah, we work really heavily on not so much the application of the principle, but like the fundamental principles that we're working with. So it's like, you know, these are the broader uh, components of what we need to understand. For example, if it's nutrition, it's like, okay, so we need to have an understanding of energy balance. You know, we need to know fundamentals of the diet, diet principles, what that looks like in practice. And then from there, it's like, well, these are all of the variables that we work with. And this is how we might implement it for you. This is what might work for you. If it doesn't, you know, we can try this approach or that approach. But it's moving away again from like that tunnel vision where this is right and this is wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like everything that we do, whether it be, you know, programming, training, lifestyle is going to have so many variables that you can manipulate based on individual requirements. And it's like across the board, we need to know what those bare fundamental concepts are so that we can start to manipulate them based on what someone might need. I get that completely. Like it's, it's, there's no black and white. Everything is a a shade of gray, essentially context is king. And that's something I feel that way, especially very early in a coach's journey, like you're so rigid, you have these principles, you think, all right, a, a squat is better than a leg press, which is better than a quad extension, which is better than this and that. But like the context determines absolutely everything. So like, depending on what you want from them, a million and one different ways could be used to achieve the same result. Yeah. I really like, I guess, like the idea of questioning everything. I think Mm. a lot of people take things just off, you know, blanket statements and take what they've been told and run with it without sort of investigating things a little bit further. So you know, when it comes to any of these things, it's like, well, for who and why? Like, you know, why would we do that? Or for who would we do that for? And for what purpose? Because like, just as an example, I spoke about um, the definition of technique today um, on the socials. And it's like, technique doesn't look the same for everyone. It's like, you know, technique is going to be determined on, you know, your range of motion and your leverages, your biomechanics and the goal outcome that you're trying to achieve and all of these things. And it's like, you can't then just sit there and say, the technique for a squat, I know you like this one, is that you have to be uh, parallel or below or ass to grass and, mm. you know, you can't squat in any other fashion. It's like, well, if you're squatting for quad development or if you're squatting to be uh, a powerlifter, like that's going to look really different. Mm. So, 100%. again, it's like, why are we doing this? For who? For what purpose? Exactly, exactly. It's, it's the sort of thing where it's very easy, I feel, to get locked into like that sort of dogmatic thinking of this is the one, is the one way to do it. And like sort of moving on from that, on that vein, like the women's training space, I feel is probably one of the most convoluted sort of areas of information, just when, like in no fault to any of the, the people themselves, but like 
it's just a space filled with, I feel, a, a lot of information that a lot, be, a lot will be right, a lot will be wrong. How do you cut through the crap, essentially, to, to educate a lot of people? Like, I'm sure that people come to you, obviously, with differing histories of experience and the like, and some would be on a very good vein, some probably not so much doing fad diets, specific crunch core workouts to get a six-pack and the like, but what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's an actual zoo. Like, honestly, some of the things that I get told, I'm like, fucking hell, like, where do people pull this shit from? And it's just, like, you can really see how people get pulled in, like, a total different direction than, like, where they should be headed because mm. there's just so much bullshit out there. Um, but I guess, like I said, we sort of work within five pillars that we deem the most crucial in terms of being able to, you know, facilitate an outcome. So that's being mindset, training, programming, nutrition, and lifestyle. Um, and I guess within all of these things, we've got these like sub pillars where it's like, you know, we want to be ticking off all of these boxes. So I guess like when it comes to training, it's like, you know, we need to have an understanding of what practical exercise looks like and education around that. Um, we need to have like a review system and we need to be able to self-assess movement and, you know, understand why we're loading things a certain way and like what effort we're working within. So a lot of these things are going to be typically built into the system that we have. So the person can just sort of like slot right in. And it's one of those things that it's like, if we've got the foundations around us, a lot of things are going to be taken care of. Like, you know, most people are in the gym without a program. They don't know how to move. They don't know how to eat. Their lifestyle is absolute dog shit. They're not sleeping right. You know, they're stressed as. And it's like, if we can just slip someone into a system that sort of provides them with that framework, then we can start to think about, well, you know, where do we need to turn the dials up? Where do we need to turn the dials down? What needs a little bit more focus? We can be a little bit more nuanced with how we're influencing all of those things. 100%. You're, you're teaching someone to ride a bike with training wheels there to assist them as well. And I think it's, it's interesting there that you obviously, you give them that sort of like essentially a bit of, not a safety net, but the ability to a framework to work within there. And obviously someone coming in with a total life overhaul that like you were saying, doesn't eat very well, doesn't move very much, has a very sedentary job, sleeps poorly. That's a lot to tackle at once. So like working with a coach like yourself to be able to sort of essentially tackle one problem at a time or one issue at a time. And build from that is a great way to, to show someone that they can actually go a lot further than they think, but also to build a bit, a bit of confidence in themselves. And I feel that it's a very small thing you need to do to generate momentum. But once it starts, it can be so monumental there. Yeah, we use like the dial analogy where it's kind of like we're always at a baseline. Like we never really turn anything on or off. Um like something that we hear all the time is like, you know, I was off track, I was on track, I was on, I was off, I was on, I was off. And it's like constantly blaming these external factors as to why we're on or we're off. Whereas we're kind of just like, you know, we should always just be at a baseline and it's like, sweet, are we turning the dial up a little bit? Because, you know, maybe we're in a fat loss phase and we want to start to drive or we're, you know, competing in a powerlifting comp or something. And it's like, are we turning that up or is has shit hit the fan in your life? And for whatever reason, you need to turn the dial back down mm doesn't necessarily mean that we just switch everything off and you know we don't train for two weeks and we eat like an asshole yeah it's like having i don't want to say the word balance because i fucking hate that word but it's just like having a system that allows you to just do what you need to and know what those like non-negotiables for yourself are mm. that's like the lifestyle that you want to live who you want to show up as you know who you want to be um and then just have the ability to turn turn it up when you need to 
a hundred percent. It's, it's being realistic with yourself in that approach as well. Like I'm sure for someone like myself, that's 27 without kids and the like, I, I am able to probably go and spend three hours in a day training. But for one of my say clients, that's maybe in his thirties has a newborn three month old child. That's probably not going to be realistic for him to just go out and train for X hours a day when his wife's at home kids there and the like, and a lot more other responsibilities. So you go through stages in life where it's, it's going to peak, it's going to taper down. And it, I feel it's just trying to stay, stay the course, essentially. Know where you want to come out the other side. Know the, the minimum standards you sort of set for yourself to be able to achieve. And like, I feel it's a lot easier to be able to maintain a quality than it is to develop it in the first place. So rather than just embracing the whole like, oh, I'm taking six months off training, then I'll get back into it sort of thing, like doing not quite the bare minimum, but not far off. Like a minimal effective dose is a much easier way to set yourself up for post time when you're trying to double down on your training and the like to be in a better position there. Yeah, something that we're really big on is, uh, I guess, like from a mindset perspective, it's like knowing what you're working towards. And I think Mm. that when you lose sight of that vision or when you you don't see that for yourself, it's like really easy to fall off the bandwagon. It's like, I don't know what I'm working towards. I don't know why these things are important. So why would I go out of my way to engage in these behaviors that are like potentially a little bit more challenging than what's comfortable. So I guess like we sort of fall into this idea that like we need to rely on motivation and stuff. And it's like, when we know what we're working towards, we don't need to rely on motivation and, you know, we don't have this inconsistency because it's like, well, these are my goals. This is the vision that I have for myself. These are the values that are really important to me. And, you know, this dictates how I show up and who I want to be. So, you know, when life is a little bit shit, like I still really value being that person who's determined, persistent, you know, um, shows up and all of those things and has all of these values, character traits. So I'm going to do that anyway, regardless of like what life sort of looks like. So I think like the biggest take home message there is like, you know, know exactly what you want and why you want it. Because when you know that stuff, it's so much easier to, to choose how you want to behave. It gives you a lot more drive just internally as well. Like intrinsic motivation, obviously not a fan of the word motivation necessarily, but that is what adds to that drive there. I think it's quite interesting. Like obviously a lot of the people I've interviewed are very sort of sport-based or have been competing in sports or sort of physical training for a majority of their lives. Back in high school, I remember you probably weren't the most strength inclined, <laughs> fitness inclined individual. So I, I want to hear a little bit about how you came to find fitness and the like, because I think it's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely was not part of my story in high school. I can tell you that much. Um, yeah, so I think like it was probably after high school, got real bad, to be honest. Um, did the whole like turned 18, nothing else really mattered apart from going out with my friends, traveling, going to Europe, you know, the deal. Um <laughs> I actually got back from Europe and I was just like so out of shape. Like, you know, you spend three months eating and drinking across the globe. Like what did you expect was going to happen? You were in shape. Um, Unfortunately, that shape was round. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, I was kind of just like, I'm going to do something about this because I don't really feel great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just signed up to actually Fernwood around the corner in Yarraville um, and just got like, you know, a program written up, had a little session with the PT and whatever. And, kind of had no idea like what the actual fuck I was doing if I'm honest like I had this little piece of paper that I relied on for like six months and I was like well I don't really know what to do outside of this so I was like all right well probably gonna go get some help so I started just like doing some sessions with the trainer 
didn't ever really get anything programmed um but one session like turned into two and then two sessions turned into three and i think like the reason that i'm so big on these like you know value-based goals and stuff is because like i kind of didn't see the results but i really liked the process like it was the process over the outcome type mm. mentality where i was like you know can't really be fucked but like i really like how i feel after this so i'm going to do it anyway um and then you do that long enough like things are going to start to move so yeah started to see results started to get really invested in those results you know started move gyms um started training at like a strength training uh, gym in brunswick and that again sort of went into two to three sessions three to four kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum where like four sessions turned into like 10 a week um and fell into a really like toxic cycle, I guess, of overtraining, under eating, um, found myself on the opposite end of the spectrum where I was kind of like significantly underweight, but I didn't really realize it at the time. Um, and I guess fell into like, uh, see my clients do it or, you know, clients come to work with me, you sort of use training as an outlet for your other problems as well. It's like everything else sucks. So I'll just go to the gym, um, which isn't always the healthiest way to respond to, you know, whatever else is going on. At that point, it's essentially a coping mechanism rather yeah, than a, a, like a facilitated tool to grow. Yeah, totally. And like too much of a good thing can always be a bad thing. And like, that's exactly what happened. But I guess like when you're so far in it, you don't really see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like, yeah, I was working in another industry at the time. I was in childcare, was studying, was training every day on my feet at work all the time, like just every element of being like running to the ground as far as possible. Um, and then I ended up leaving my job, um, which obviously gave me a lot of free time. So I started doing my PT cert at the same time. So left childcare, started studying PT, um, just had all of this time on my hands. Um, and I was really fucking burnt out from just mm. doing that for about a year, like just so burnt out. Um, so I really just pulled back on training, just focused on finishing my cert um, and I guess just like educating myself and then, yeah, fell into working with STC Fit where I guess the education side of things sort of changed everything. Um, I guess when you learn a new way, when you've been doing things a certain way that didn't work out, it's like a bit of a light bulb moment. Um, so just kind of took that and ran with it and, yeah, three years later, here we are. Love that. I think it's it's always interesting like when as a coach you've sort of been on both ends of the spectrum where you've gone from obviously not training much, not being necessarily happy with your body and the like. Essentially, the client you were trying to help is now the coach you've become. Hmm. And I think that's super interesting to see where people have come from in regards to their roots and how they discovered fitness and where they're essentially the, the pain point they're trying to solve for their clients. And I often find that they're super interrelated there. And it sounds like that fits exactly touching back on that sort of point where you're reaching the burnout. And like, I feel that's a big issue with the the personal training with strength conditioning and even probably even powerlifting the like where the, the workaholic sort of lifestyle is very glorified where, Oh, I'm, I'm training 10 hours a day. I'm working for 15 hours a day. I sleep for three. And it's the sort of thing that I was like, all right, like there's probably a few people that can get by on that for a small amount of time very rarely does that lead to a long-term improvement in position. Like the, the Gary V, the entrepreneur lifestyle and all that, just sort of hustle until you die, sleep when you're dead. It's so toxic. You need to yeah. be able to learn to obviously balance your life. And it sounds like lockdown is, and the like has obviously transitioned your sort of industry as well. What changes do you feel you've sort of embraced from lockdown and what positives have come out of that? 
Yeah, I think in terms of lockdown, I guess like even with the whole like balance conversation and like, you know, what's the ratio of like rest to work that we're engaging in? Like it, it's really similar to, to training. Like if you look at it as an analogy, it's like we need to have moments where we're pushing. We need to have moments that are like dedicated to, yeah, putting the foot on the gas. And then we need to know when it's time to pull back. And if you don't have that ratio down pat, then that's when we start to run into issues. So it's like, sure, we don't want to glorify like hustle culture and we don't want to spend too much time on the opposite side of balance because if we do either of those things, it's like you have too much balance in your life, you probably never achieve anything really fucking cool, Mm. to be honest. But if you have, if you're too far on the other side of the spectrum, it's like, well, you're going to run yourself into the ground. So I guess like when it comes to training, when it comes to business, like work, whatever it might be, it's like you've got to know what your purpose is for that period of time and like you know what plate you're sort of spinning um because if you look at it like you know you're not just a coach you're not just an athlete like you're a friend you're a partner you're Mm. a sister like you're all of these multi-dimensional absolutely and it's like well you know you're balancing all of these plates it's like well what gets priority for x amount of time now and what's the minimum standard that i can commit to for all of those other components of my life so they don't switch off and I don't run myself into the ground, but I'm still able to give what I need to, to my business or to my training to make sure that, you know, I achieve the goal that I set for that compartment of my life. Definitely. Definitely. I feel that in regards to that sort of like pushing and pulling of like overworking versus underworking, it's almost uh, just another tool you need to learn to, to be able to use for your own benefit. Like, it's never going to be at a, a five out of 10 and just stay five out of 10, this nice linear line here. You're going to have obviously peaks and tapers, peaks and tapers and the like, whether that be in life or training and the like, and it's being able to maximize those to work for you. So like, obviously say, in a powerlifting sense, you're not going to start maxing out three weeks out from your competition, your meet there. It's probably a little smarter to max a little closer and then have enough of a taper that you're still fresh, but you're, you're primed. Yeah. And it's quite interesting how that can, that analogy can be drawn back to life as well, where, if you've got a massive deadline of a project coming up, it's probably not a great time to try and improve your 5k runtime every day. And that be the sole focus when you've got these other big priorities come up as well. So it's learning to schedule your life probably isn't the right way to, to put it, but essentially the gist of the meaning there. Yeah. I think it comes with two things. It's maturity. And it's definitely something that I think you get better at as you just get older and like you mature mm-hmm. naturally. And exposure as well. It's like the first time you try and juggle all this shit, like you're probably going to fuck it up. Like it's not going to be perfect. But with, you know, both of those things combined, I think that you slowly start to learn a better system and a better way to go about it. And like, again, looking five years ago, it's like, yeah, we're absolutely trying to do everything and do everything at 100%. How did that work out for me? Yeah, look, not great. So now when there's a lot, a lot on and, I just competed in a powerlifting meet and like we're in lockdown and we overhauled the business and there was so much going on, but at no point was I like, you know, I'm burnt out right now and I can't really continue anymore because there's just a better way of managing things that comes with experience and maturity. hundred percent. Touching on the sort of the powerlifting meet, especially throughout these lockdowns and the like being in Melbourne, it seems like every week, every other week is lockdown and the week in between is not lockdown. So yeah. 
it's it's a very tough time i feel to keep consistent with training for a lot of people motivation probably dipping discipline probably also dipping at times as well how have you balanced both for yourself and your sort of powerlifting focused clients the how have you balanced their development whilst also obviously having a very gray penciled in maybe meet day because of everything being up and down yeah i think like the first thing that probably helps is just stepping out and seeing like the bigger picture. Um, so like I'm prepping like nine clients at the moment for our lift off. That's supposed to be in seven weeks. And, you know, there's a handful of them in Sydney and mm. no one really knows what's going to happen. I guess like, you know, we always want to have something that we're working towards. So like, I think making sure that there's still a goal there that's like meaningful um, that just allows you to continue to behave close enough to the way that you need to behave um, given the circumstances. Um, I guess like personally for me, it sort of comes back down to like those value aligned goals. It's like I power lift because it's fun and I enjoy it. Like I'm not a fucking sponsored athlete. Like I'm not really getting anything else out of this except for the fact that I like how it makes me feel and it facilitates my values. It's an expression of those values. So showing up when it's hard is kind of like, a reflection of that, I guess. Like, I think when you start to move away from just training or exercising into athletic realms, it's like there's got to be a bit of a more meaningful purpose to that and, like, why you're showing up. And, like, if if you don't have that, like, you're not going to do it. Mm. You're into lockdown, you'll take two weeks off training, eat like a dickhead, and, like, there goes your powerlifting prep, right? So I think, like, last meet we had a, uh, two months after lockdown we had a I meet and like all of the nine lifters that we had PB'd and then we had the lockdown three weeks before the last meet um, and everyone still got to the platform and, you know, showed up and did what they needed to. So I think having that purposeful, you know, meaningful reasons to why you want to do it is really important because like in this day and age right now, we don't know what's going to come our way. And if you're going to sort of just like, fold every time something happens you're not going to get very far and you're going to probably just get sick of it it's going to feel pretty shit constantly feeling like you're failing and exactly just going through mundane motions without keeping that goal on the horizon there as the the guiding light essentially like and a really big sort of message from that is just doing it for yourself doing it because you want to do it not because you've been told to do it or forced to do it and like i understand obviously if you were say a competitive powerlifter winning large sums of money from big competitions but you didn't really thoroughly enjoy it like that's a different story but when it's an unpaid sport like myself playing lacrosse yourself powerlifting we're not sponsored athletes we do it because we love it and that's kind of the the reason for showing up to training like you're staying consistent for yourself for no one else yeah and I think it's just that transition and it's the conversation that I have with a lot of my clients when they're they're going from just you know your average gym goer who trains three to four times per week to like, I want to step on the platform and it's like, all right, so now things need to change. Like mm. we need to be way more consistent with what we're doing. We need to be way more systemized. You know, we need to have our non-negotiable set up based off what that goal is. And it's just like changing into like that athletic-based mindset, mm. which just naturally evolves how everything sort of tends to go and how you show up, how you behave and what you choose to do. Because it's like, well, if I do choose to lay in bed and watch Netflix instead of do my prehab and my rehab, my session in two days time is probably going to suck. And like, I really don't want that. So I guess it's just like that athletic based mindset sort of starts to get involved as well. Or it's like, and this probably isn't just 
like a hobby now, it's a little bit more meaningful than that. Mm. You treat yourself like an athlete 24 hours of the day rather than, a, oh, okay, my gym time is when I step foot in the door to when I step out and everything else is inconsequential. Yeah, you treat yourself like an athlete 24-7. You do everything that you need to. And I think it's quite interesting, obviously, how people's methods and trainings and the like have had to essentially evolve and adapt over the past 12 to 18 months. How has your approach as a coach programming for your clients? Like I'm sure not all have had access to everything under the sun. And like yeah. even for yourself, like early lockdown days, I remember you training a lot outside, having pieces of gear, but nonetheless, it's obviously a very different vibe to training in a strength-focused gym where you've got X amount of people around you. How did you have to adapt your approach there? Yeah, so like I think that this is probably the biggest thing that came out of like lockdown and it's probably like the coolest thing as well. It's just like we know that when we apply the fundamentals, like regardless of the environment that they're being applied in, if we apply them well, that they work. So I think over the course of lockdown, we've had six maybe like template home programs that like start here if you do these body weight and you work within the parameters that we have and you know we follow a nutrition protocol in alignment with your goal we know that we'll get a result because we're working within the fundamentals so it's like you know understanding what technique needs to look like uh having a load selection rep in reserve exercise selection based on what your goals are and it's like if we can execute that irrespective of how we're like loading you or you know what mm. what we're using to load you it's like load is load like your body doesn't know whether it's a kettlebell or whether it's the pot plant that you're holding like exactly. if we can just get creative with that and find a way to progress things and regress things to allow you to work within an appropriate level of effort within close proximity to failure then there's no reason that we still can't see results and we saw really good results last year if i'm honest like mm. yeah nothing really changed I think it's quite interesting when you reach that point in your coaching career and it starts to move from the method to the stimulus itself. And I'm trying to give you to get, I'm trying to give you a stimulus to get an adaptation. How I get that's kind of inconsequential if I get the adaptation I want from you. So as you're yeah. saying, whether it's a pot plant, whether it's a, a backpack with books in it that you're squatting with and the like, like it, it completely changes it. And I feel with the, maybe within like a lot of say my own clientele, and I'm sure you probably experienced the same thing as you were saying there, that, early days of lockdown there was there was such a novel stimulus in a lot of the things that, the, that my clients were getting and other, a lot of other clients were getting that those initial adaptations happened quite quickly because it was just so out of the realm of what they were doing previously it was so fresh so novel such a an unadapted stimulus there yeah i think like the most important thing again is like knowing what you want so it's like we're working towards a fat loss goal and we think about what we like what vectors we need to be able to influence that it's like it's energy in versus energy out can we do that from home yes we can mm. you know what do we need to do that x y and z cool let's set things up to allow that to happen same thing comes with like strength training like we had a more movement skill focused um program for our strength guys and it's like if we can keep the skill of you know the patterning of what you're doing right now we know that when you get back into the gym, even if you haven't had access to load, if you maintain the skill, that you're going to be in a good position once you just start to sort of adapt and get used to using a heavier load, that come three, four weeks time, you're going to be in the same, if not a better position than what you were when we left the gym. So I guess it's like knowing what influences what you're working with and, you know, what vectors you have to play with in terms of adaptation and just getting creative with how you choose to do that. 
100%. Yeah. Again, it's a lot easier to keep an adaptation than it is to develop one from scratch. Mm, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think like now we're at that point where lockdown has obviously been, what, 18 months now. Kind of like if you haven't, like the way that I see, sort of see it, it's like if you're still at the point where whether we're in or out of a lockdown influences what's happening, like mm. we need to reassess 100%. what you're doing because like this isn't going away and like like if we're just relying on lockdowns to never happen again, like we're not going to get anywhere anytime soon. Two to three months is sort of I, what I felt to be that point of like, all right, you haven't set up some way to train from home or haven't set up a contingency plan essentially. Okay, like now's probably the time to start thinking about it. If it's 18 months down the line and you're still trying to hope for that pre-COVID norm, like I feel it's it's a little optimistic at this point. Like you just, you play the hand you dealt. Okay, yeah. we're in lockdown. That, I can't change that. I just can make the most of it. Yeah, we talk about growth and ownership all of the time. And it's just like, at what point are you going to stop deflecting the blame on all of the other shit that's going on and look at yourself and like how you actually might be able to change things like COVID is the perfect example to like determine whether or not you sit in a growth and ownership mindset because it's like someone asks you why you're out of shape right now and you're like oh lockdown happened it's like okay well, is it lockdown or is it you? Because like I'm lockdown sure didn't you, make you eat like an asshole. Literally, it's like <laughs> I'm pretty sure like that wasn't influencing everything, and that you had some autonomy over the decisions that you made. So it's like, at what point do we choose to like take responsibility for that um, and choose a better way? Exactly, and like for for all the lack of gym access and everything, like that doesn't mean you can't discover a new hobby. Like I know someone that used to train at the same venue I did, who was very weight, weight training through and through. That was his jam. And then one day just went for a run, decided to pick up running and ended up running marathons a couple of months later. And that's obviously like a bit of an outlying case, but nonetheless, where that's because he just tried to do something different that day, but he was able to, okay, the gym shut. I'm going to still train. I'm just going to do something different. Found to love it and then pushed it to a quite a high standard that most people have a goal for or a dream for to be able to achieve a marathon, which is like obviously 42 kilometers is a pretty, pretty decent distance there. Yeah. <laughs> I literally couldn't think of anything worse, but good on him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But different strokes for different folks. Yeah. All right. Sure. Last question here to wrap up now. So I ask this to all my guests, if you could give yourself one piece of advice five years ago, what would it be? Mm, um, it'll probably be to, think more critically and like in regards to where you're getting your education from um, and where you're investing in. So again, it's just like, just because something is an eight week challenge or because something is prescribed from a gym or, you know, given to you from a trainer, it's like, learn more, like know what you're doing and why, so that you can think critically about the information that you're receiving and then, make a better judgment call on like whether that's something you should be engaging in or not. I think like it comes back to that, like ask another question thing. It's like, don't just take yeah blanket statement advice off everyone that you hear it from just because they might look credible. I think it's really important to be able to think critically about that stuff. I love that. Yeah. Just because someone's in a place of what you may deem as a reputable sort of knowledgeable professional doesn't mean they have absolutely every piece of knowledge on a topic. And it's being yeah. able to run that through your own filter. Yeah, even just 
information that you read on on social media or even doing your own research like you put something in google and you'll come up with a million different you know resources that you can actually look at and it's like you know how am i going to go through a process here of being able to identify what is actually like valuable and what is maybe going on the side of a little bit of bullshit like you know Definitely. be able to differentiate that and build an understanding of the fundamental principles that actually work so that you don't get swayed by all the shit that you see around Definitely, like some some of the little graphics I see pop up on like Instagram and the like of eat this to become shredded, eat this to become jacked. It's it is such shit. It is such yeah. shit. And being yeah. able to not be sucked in by that, it's obviously very easy for us to say as coaches who have got a bit of experience. But for a, a new clientele that had absolutely no idea, and like I, I occasionally get clients sending me things from time to time saying like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And I look at it and I start dry reaching in my mouth. But obviously, yeah. like. They don't have the same experience I would there. They don't have that same filter to be able to run that through and go, all right, this is 100% horseshit. And it's yeah. being able to reframe that there. And it's, yeah, it's... we, sorry. No, um, continue. We run a program, it's called Be Bulletproof. And like everything that we aim to, to facilitate in that program is so that you can bulletproof everything that you're doing, which means that you're not getting swayed by any of the shit anymore. You know what works. You know why you're doing things. It's like... If you can, if you know exactly what you need to do and why you need to do it, like that's it. Like you are bulletproof and you you don't have anything else sort of in the back of your mind or you're not going to be swayed by anything else that, you know, you might come across. Mm, 100%. Couldn't agree more. All right. Thank you very much for coming on, Nat. That was a great, great podcast. You did well. Pleasure. <laughs> Let everyone at home know where they can find you, what you're working on, plug your socials, anything you got coming up. Yeah, you can find me um, at Nat Jurek SCC Fit um, and over on the at SCC Fit Instagram. I am in the DMs over there as well. Um, if, yeah, uh, the programs that we're running at the moment, so we've got uh, Intake Open for Online Coaching and the Be Bulletproof program that I spoke about, which is a mentorship program, education-based around, um, yeah, the fundamentals of training and nutrition that, yeah, allow you to bulletproof your outcomes and your results. Love it. Definitely check her out, guys. Super knowledgeable, great coach, and very all-encompassing from that sort of perspective there. Thanks for having me on. Too easy. It was a pleasure. Thank you.